Howdy, welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. First one of 2021, thank goodness. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's the funny thing is everybody's like, dude, I can't wait till this year's over, but I talk about 2020, and then like, it's, I mean, we're not going to flip a switch. No, you know? <laughs> no. So. But whatever makes people happy at night. Well, this is the Red Ass Podcast for all of our new listeners who might be jumping in on us here at the uh, start of 2021. I am your co-host, Rob White, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2014. And I'm Roy May, Fighting Texas Aggie Class 2015. And today we're going to touch on football, but we're already like five days removed from the bowl game. And um, we talk a little bit about it, but then I think we got we're going to talk uh, have a little bit of fun about resolutions, you know, because it's the right. new year, right? It's that time and, of year. And not, nothing says lying to yourself right off the bat in a new year like resolutions. Oh, n- so. never. <laughs> never at all. But, yeah, I mean, no doubt. I mean, just first off, uh, kind of leaning on what you started off with, I mean, you know, congratulations, of course, to your 2021 Bowl, uh, Orange Bowl champion, Texas A&M Aggies. Um, absolutely fantastic um, little weekend there. I know I know, we had a lot of fun. Um, did you watch it here at the house? Or were oh, yeah. Watching? No, I, just, I yeah. Well, one, it, I got an invite to go watch it somewhere else. But one, I don't like watching A&M games like out in public, especially if it's kind of a big game. Uh, sure. Because I'm just fully invested in it. And, and two, you know, with everything going on, I was just like, yeah, I'll just – Cook way too much food and shove my face full and drink too much beer and see where it takes me. And that's exactly what I did. Right. I'll tell you what was funny about the game, and uh, it reminded me kind of this season and how it's gone. Like, sure. You know, at any point in time, you know, we might have been down in the game, but for some reason, after the Florida game, you just felt like it didn't matter. You know, when no. we got up to a sluggish start or, you know, if, whether it was offense or defense on either side, you, you, you just had this feeling like there was no reason to panic. And I think you kind of saw that coming from <clears throat> coming from the team as well. No you doubt. Know, you always notice they were cool, cool, calm-headed. Um, you know, it's, they had the belief they could do it. We talked about that after the Florida game. Right. You know, once you go out and do it, then you know you can do it. It, it just feels like, and, you know, Gimble Hunting talk, you know, kind of touched on this, and I thought it was a good point to talk about. But, you know, the whole concept of what we have come to know and love in the last 10 years, and really, you know, if you're a naggy, maybe long before all this, but the concept of BAS or battered Aggie syndrome, which it just feels like, you know, no matter how good something's going, no matter how things are going, you just expect the worst out of a team. I mean, I can think back just a few years ago. It didn't matter. If there was a top-ranked team coming into Kyle Field, it didn't matter how the game was going. You just kept asking yourself the question, when were we going to screw this up? Yeah, you, you can, I mean, you could get hyped for it. It'd be a huge, you know, be a huge crowd, you know, another, you know, record-setting crowd at Kyle and, and for some reason, in the back of your mind, you're always like, oh, God, I hope we'd somehow find a way to pull it out. And we did against Tennessee. Right. And UCLA, exactly. but uh, Tennessee was fool's gold. We found out that year because they right. sucked. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I look back, you know, a handful of games, you know, you think about Ole Miss there in 16. You know, a game where we were pretty much holding it and then we blew it. We looked at, um, you know, really any various Alabama games. Auburn games we've hosted. It just it seems like any time well, that something's going on at Kyle Field, the hate barn as we know it and love it is just not really a place that pe- people feared. Well, what's funny is you know you go back and, and you, if you start you know like eight ten years ago and start going back about the big games we've had in Kyle, you know you're sure. naming these random opponents that have come in and then you just rattle off basically the SEC West. Right. So it's, it's funny. <laughs> it's funny the situation that we find ourselves in because. These are all big games, and they are. more often than not, when you're playing teams in the West, they're ranked. Um, you know, so these are these are big time games. They're big time uh, for exposure, but they're also 
you know, you can, it's a statement win. You know, we saw, you know, we see every year with the selection committee, you know, those are the wins you, you want to have. And obviously this year, everything was weird when all you did was play in conference. So there's no measuring stick. Exactly. But, um, you know, that's the grind that we go through every year. So you you think about that, and then you tack on like a big game, and all of a sudden, I mean, home schedules are just so much fun. And I get that we're going to have those cupcakes, and that is what it is. But I they're, mean, and they're necessary in order in order to build your you know to build up your resume and build up your stamina for the rest of the season. I mean, that's yeah, why I mean, it. they're good. They're good games to kind of polish things up and and really kind of get ready to go in. You know, full board jump at the deep end for an SEC season. Um, you know, and, and that's again though. That's I, I've, I say it all the time. It's one of my favorite things about the SEC is a lot of times the season will open up and you'll have one or two really good games and everything else sucks. But man, the SEC starts conference play first week. You know, right? So you know, if you're one of those teams, you don't get any sort of warm up, any sort of anything. Like it is straight into after the first week, you're either gonna be sitting at the top of the conference or the bottom of the conference. Right. Now go go dip your toes there a little bit. But I mean, no doubt. I mean, this as crazy as this season was. And you know it's still technically not done because we still have the national title next week, but oh, well, or potentially, yeah, right. you know, um, depending on you know Ohio State and their lack of uh, COVID preparedness. But that's neither here nor there. I mean, you can just look back at this Texas A&M football season and just kind of in in remembrance of what took place here, and you just felt like this team found a way every week. It didn't matter what the situation was. I mean, every opponent threw something different at us, but the result was always the same. Texas A&M pulling it out and really comparatively to you look at previous teams, namely Sumlin era teams or especially uh, Mike Sherman era teams, we finished games. Fourth quarter was our quarter. And that was a beautiful thing. Yeah, it, you know, it's one of those things where you're getting through the game and it's even the middle of the third quarter and it's tight, but you, you feel like they're going to pull it out. And then you look at the, our margin of victory. We had so many double-digit wins, so it's not only, not only were we able to pull out a win – you know, we were able to do it convincingly. You talk about the, the Orange Bowl was almost a perfect microcosm of our season. Yes. And, the, and, the, and just kind of how the games went. You know, start off sputter a little bit. You know, maybe give up some plays that, that you didn't, didn't obviously didn't want to, but sure. didn't really expect to. You know, North Carolina is, is still, you know, Sam Howell's still a really good quarterback. No doubt. Um, and so and you're kind of, you're struggling. And, you know, if you're an ag watching, you're kind of pissed off. Aggie Twitter was just hopping during yeah, the game. Yeah, <laughs> I stayed off as best I could. Yeah, third quarter things like they look like they're turning around a little bit, and, and you you can feel the team. You know, obviously they're they're just steady as they go. You know, you feel the team. You know, just kind of stay in the track and doing their thing. And then the fourth quarter occurs, and and that's when we dominate teams. You know, it's it's when our offensive line steps up. It's when our defensive line linebackers step up. You know, and they make these crucial plays. And throughout the game, they have just worn them down. And that's what you really see, uh, or what you saw out of us in the fourth quarter, really all year long, is our ability to wear down opponents. And the one we and the one we really didn't wear down was Alabama, and rightfully so. You know, they they've got the dogs for that fight. And to put up 24 points in the fourth quarter of an Orange Bowl, which was like first time since '57 or something crazy like that, right? Like. You put up 24 points in the fourth quarter and, and win the game convincingly. You really did. Right. And so it was – I thought it was a perfect snapshot of how the games kind of felt all this year. Right. You know, I didn't feel like we ever got out of the gates like, you know, cleanly you know, in any <laughs> no. game. So, uh, But it's nice to see because, you know, that, that's, a, that's a culture thing on top of everything else. You know, it's a – you know, when the chips are down, you're not freaking out. You're not getting, you know, angry at each other. You're not pointing fingers. What you're doing is just – 
you know, stay the course, keep doing what you're doing and, and, and just, and believe in yourself. And, and, you know, if I sound halfway like a Jimbo, you know, <laughs> locker room talk, you know, just believe in yourself and do what you know is the right thing to do and keep doing it. And if you keep doing it, doing the right thing well and doing the right thing right, mm-hmm. like it will pay off in the end. And that's what you saw, especially, you know, with after 24 points just rattled off in the fourth quarter. So, And you certainly felt as you watched the game, and honestly, even at the end of the game, you, you just feel that this is a different program than what it was. You feel that the players understand. They've bought into the system. They brought into the process. They understand. They bought into the culture. Yeah, they bought into the yeah, culture that, that Jimbo's putting together. And, I mean, the guys have a genuine love and care for one another. And just that parting shot of Jimbo hugging um, Mond for, God, what felt like a full-on minute. And it's, yeah. it's just one of those, you can tell the guys love this coach. And they love being a part of this thing. And, you know, regardless of what we can look back, you know, look back on what was in the past and our future seasons, this was a special year because you throw so many different curveballs at us. Um, Everybody seemed to be doubting what we are, who we are. And, frankly, they just said, screw all y'all. We're going to go out there and do what we are and be who we are because Texas A&M football is moving in the right direction. And as Jimbo said, we ain't done yet. Yeah, I, I thought it was a, a really great way to end the season, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but, uh, all right, so moving on, because I don't, you know, the championship game won. I mean, Victory. Is, is, is anybody really, is anybody really curious as to who's going to win? Uh, so, uh, so what we, what we thought we'd talk about a little bit today is, because there's no other football to talk about either, you know. Really? I mean, yeah. Uh, other, Unless you want to jump into NFL playoffs, and I'm sure that's uh, going to nah. be entertaining. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll, talk about, uh, I'll talk about as much playoffs as the Cowboys are in. So that ends that portion of the program. Right, uh, right. Uh, and, well, and, you know, you were talking about everything going well. And, and Texas, look, the way the media goes, dropping that, you know, that they hired a new coach for the timing. And I understand why all that. It's the same reason they have these Friday evening, you know, news dumps. Right. But it's it's all a game. It really is. But, you know, for that to happen, then it just kind of gets glossed over. And they ended up glossing over probably one of their best basketball wins by, by trumping it, by hiring Sark after dark. Right. We go out and, and win the Orange Bowl. And and convincingly, and then Sunday we get those two commitments. So you so, just yeah. you, know, you see this 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 program continue to build and continue to grow. So I, I thought the Sunday was even nicer icing on the cake than that fourth quarter was. Oh sure, I mean it's just it's incredible to see the growth and like I said the continual growth of the program, and not to mention players we're already seeing saying that they're coming back. You know, obviously we're going to lose a few here and there, but yeah. it sure seems like there's a handful of seniors and whatnot that are convinced that this is something worth fighting for again absolutely all right so we're going to get into because like we said it's the new year right so and everybody likes to make new year's resolutions because all of us after a year of just being miserable as it already is uh-huh. has have we all decided yeah and, and what's weird is you really did have almost three quarters of a year to really do a lot of things i mean you, right. know, you can't travel stuff like that but a lot of, a lot of the popular re, you know new year's resolutions you really they were completely under your control at this point right and so i went so i went and looked up uh like the most popular resolutions oh sure right so these are the most popular lies that people tell themselves before you know January let, let me let me take a shot at number one you, you're, well, you're gonna get them all right they're not ranked but yeah you'll i mean well, you guys know all these well i mean obviously you're losing weight right yeah I mean, that, yeah lose weight get fit Obviously huge, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's on every list ever. Everyone wants to lose weight. Um, right. Eat healthier, right? Yeah, eat healthier. That's eat part healthier. of that. 
Um, and, you know, traveling is a big one, actually. Which sure. hopefully, if you made that resolution this year, you're able to do it. So I'm rooting fingers, for you because I'm trying to go to Paris in uh, October. Right. Um, I'd like to get. I would. Well, here's the thing. My birthday, my my thirty, yeah. is in November, and well, not in oh, September, but the plan is. Uh, me and my buddy uh, James, we're thinking about maybe taking a trip down to Vegas. So if we can get that going, there you that'd go. be nice. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd like to bowl in Nationals again this summer because right. uh, it was canceled last year. And then uh, yeah, the October trip is uh, with the Society of the Honor Guard for the for Tomb Guards. Right. Um, it's our centennial year this year, and so we're uh, uh, going to like the original you know battlefields of the original World War uh, of World War One. Nice. Yeah, so I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, I just really hope, you know, by that time. Because if I can do that, then I can, like, hop over to London. I can catch a match. Right. I can see a good buddy of mine uh, uh, who's working in Germany. He's Aggie. Uh, you know, um, he's, a, he's old army, you know, because when he graduated, like, sure. 2014, something like that. Hey! He, he's working, <laughs> working in Germany. So, you know, I'm really hoping to. So, I hope for all of our sake that we're able to travel more. Right. So, um, so but we all know you know spend less money save more you know eat better die blah blah blah, blah. Right. it's all the same so i thought about we could do a couple things one like what are the the resolutions that you would make for aggie football mm-hmm. you know and 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 you know because you have to look objectively at this program and so you can see the weaknesses you mm-hmm. know um, you know, you know the strengths you know, those are those are easy to find you know, all, all the sustains if you will right I mean, so what should be the resolutions for Aggie football? It's a very interesting question. Like, where do you start? Well, I mean, you know, do you look at the on-field stuff? Do you look at off-field stuff? I think all of it. So, right. so, so what can you do? Like, what would, you know, it's almost, for us it would be, what do you want to see out of the program this year? Right. And that includes, I mean, that's starting from right now. So you're talking about, you know, spring ball, uh, you know, you're talking about, you know, the, the conference, non-conference, all that stuff. Right. You know, all the, the training. So my New Year's resolution for the my biggest one would be, uh, obviously, you can't say no injuries. Right. But I would love to be able to get Baylor Cup right. in pads in a game. Him, Kim, Buckley, he's, too. He's had the worst luck, like, two years in a row getting hurt. So... I'm really like one of my hopes for the program for 2021 is seeing Baylor Cup because especially with Jimbo's offense, how we emphasize the tight end. Well, yeah, and you've seen it. I mean, just with how Jalen Watermeyer. I mean, my, mostly by himself, but I mean, at that tight end position, he has been such a crucial part of this offense. I mean, you really didn't see it much in the bowl game because he was being covered, but you did see that the tight end position over the last several seasons between Watermeyer and Sternberger. It's a critical position on this football team. Yeah, for, well, exactly. For for Jimbo's uh, for offense to work, he's got to have that that really pro level, you know, and prototypical NFL tight end. Right. And I remember, you know, when he went and picked this guy up from Kansas Sternberger, we're just like, who the heck and what the heck? But and you saw, I mean, he's with the Packers now. So, so. Right, exactly. Not a bad um, spot to be. So that would be my first one. Is is uh, and I know it's really specific to Baylor Cup. But, uh, you know, there's some other guys. Cam Buckley got to play a little bit. He's coming back. A little back. bit, right. But Baylor Cup just hasn't been able to play yet. Twice he's been injured and, right. had, and had to have season-ending injury or surgery right. before we even got to the summer, you right. know, or before we even got to the first game. So right. that would be my first resolution is seeing Baylor Cup. Yeah. And my, my probably my first one on that similar line, I would just say maintain and, and continue to improve on that whole idea of our conditioning. You know, you look at Texas A&M and what our program is now versus what it used to be. I mentioned that you know, earlier in the cast. But when you look at how we've been able to finish games, that all comes down to conditioning. The fact that we are not winded, we are not tired. We have a significant balance 
with the offense maintaining the ball for long periods of time and not allowing our defense to get run ragged. So that aspect of the game needs to continue. That we need to stay on top of our conditioning, um, and just and that just <laughs> and, and, exercise more. Right? Exercise <laughs> more, right? But it, but it, it tags in, you know. It tags in with what um, the players, you know, where we did see them throughout the season. You know, they got better, and just honestly, I would say, in tying in with that is the confidence. Continuing to believe that Texas A&M is a superior team to any opponent that they're lining up across from, including, and I know we hate to say it, but including Alabama. you got to line across from those guys. And, you know you can and, and in your brain go, you're just, I mean, you're no different than Louisiana Monroe. You're no different than Kent State. You're no different than Louisiana Lafayette. It doesn't matter who you are. When you're across from me, I'm going to be able to put you on your butt because that's how good I am. Well, and that goes back into once you know you can do it, you know, it's easier. And right now, we, you know, these players, there's 90 players on the roster to beat Alabama. So right. that's one of those things we've got to get over that hump. Every other hump, as far as, uh, you know, looking across the line, you know, at a competitor, yeah. you know, you know you can beat the rest of them. So, uh, yeah, no, that's absolutely a good one. You know, we're talking about the teamwork. You know, I, my resolution would be, uh, or kind of hope for the program, I've got two here. One, any guys that decide to come back, I hope that that doesn't cause uh, you know any transfers or any portal kind of guy, you know guys right. guys feeling like you know since since the free eligibility thing came through like they're getting hosed by having to sit again. Right. You, know, you hope that that you know rather lights a fire underneath and be like, well, you can come back. I don't care. I'm taking my spot. Exactly. So you know you, you'll see that the competition there. And then um, another another one that has to really do with culture and it. Uh, um, and we found out about this when, uh, you know, it kind of came out today, and I'd heard about it uh, right. yesterday uh, or the day before, that Spiller played with a broken toe. Right. Um, and, and it's not like he just broke it right before the game. Like, he's been playing with a broken toe. So, it, you know, my hope is that this, this culture that we have of these guys wanting to play for each other and wanting to play for A&M and at A&M mm-hmm. and build this championship culture, my hope is that, they're able to to maintain that, and, and the and the new recruits that are coming into the program that they're able to instill that not only work ethic, you know, the hard work ethic that they have, mm-hmm. but also instill that kind of real, just true, real pride in the program that they're building. Right. So, and, and you know, when you get new players in, it's not like they cause a havoc because you know, if they're freshmen coming in, they probably for the most part they're going to be quiet. Right. Yeah. You know, when it comes to stuff like that, so you hope that you're able to continue. <coughs> you know, you have some sort of cohesive continuity uh, as far as just really playing for each other and playing for Jimbo and playing for Texas A&M. So, and I, and we saw it again, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it, it, I could go back and nitpick like my one nitpick thing. Like I would hope, like I hope A&M football program has for a new year's resolution, start faster in games. Yeah. And I think that's a very good that, point. That'd be like my one nitpick kind of thing. Yeah. If, if I had to throw one in for this next season, um, well, really, like I said, I would say for resolutions, you know, you can go one way or the other on this. And I know it's just individual situations here, but I look at you know Texas A&M go on the road and win a football game and in Death Valley, because I understand that Texas A&M football and you know LSU, they may not necessarily be where they were at this last year, you know, the previous seasons, but that has continually been a spot of pain for us is going on the road into Baton Rouge because it just seems to be that we can't find a way to win that game. So that is one resolution I would say. Find a way to win there. And, you know, on the similar fo- you know, similar front, 
Alabama is that giant, but you got to find a way to topple him if you can. Yeah, and and I think when you look at how this season ended, you know, just really on a complete, you know, upward trend, and, right. and you look realistically, you look at what what we have moving forward into next season. Um, you you couldn't be happier with the schedule you have. So you're going to go to Colorado, which is a very winnable game, unless they go out and hire some athletes. I don't think Colorado's going to turn anything around no. you know, from this year to next. Um, and you get both Alabama schools here. Right. So, you know, this is this is that year where you have those things lined up for you, where you have Bama and Auburn here, you know, here in your house. Um, one of the Mississippis, obviously, is always here. You know, we do rotate the Mississippis. Right. Um, and then you got that. That really that end of the season opportunity to go to Death Valley and really put a stamp on the season. So, so I think what you see is a lot of hope and a lot of opportunity. Um, you know, my biggest thing, and we'll get into this, you know, when once spring ball kind of starts sure. kicking up. But, um, you know, my, my one hesitation, and honestly, I don't, I'm, I'm not hesitant about line play. I'm not because once, you know, we didn't change anything in the line from last year to this year, and we got improved play, which means the coaching and the conditioning. Uh, and the development is all there. Right. So the guys behind them, we know some of the recruits that we have. I mean, we got some big, big bad boys so, yeah, some, on both yeah, sides of the line. Highly touted line recruiting, which is how you win in this league, and it's how you win in college football, and Jimbo understands that. But <clears throat> I'm not worried about line play. I'm just not. I think John right. uh, Josh Henson has it humming on the line. Yes. On the defensive line, I'm certainly not concerned about the defensive <laughs> no, line. No, not at all. Um, and, uh, you know, your one, my one concern is – we have all of this buildup, and we've got some people coming back, you know, that maybe we didn't expect coming back. So you've got a couple pieces you're not even losing. Quarterback. It's got to be the quarterbacks that we got to look at, you know, moving forward in spring ball. Um, you know, I, I think I think Haynes King is the answer. But, again, it's just one of those things where when you transition from a, an incredibly experienced starter to a new guy, you hope that you can iron out, you know, those hiccups. And, and again, those non-conference right. games. And no offense to Colorado, but I think that Colorado game will be – it's a great experience to go on the road. Right. You know, and, but you're going on the road to maybe not a true powerhouse opponent. So right. you're going to be able to go on the road, win the game, um, and, and still a lot of that confidence in a young quarterback. So – and, the, you know, the backfield is, is whatever, man. Well, and, and, and talk about it. You know, you mentioned Colorado. One thing that's really interesting about that game – is initially they said it was going to be in Boulder. Well, yeah, it's in but, Denver. But they have moved it to Mile High. Well, not Mile High anymore, but Mile High. Yeah, Mile High. Right. They're, they're going to play there. And so all of a sudden that opens it up to really not necessarily being a home field advantage for Colorado because you know there's going to be a lot of Aggies. I think they're going to be surprised how many Aggies live out near Denver. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, well, it's no different if you look at UCLA when we played them there. there everybody were more, in the West Coast. There was Coast. more maroon yeah. in the stadium than there was blue. I well, mean, how scary is that? Everybody on the West Coast got a realistic opportunity to, to travel not that far and go to a game. Right. So, um, yeah, so that'll be interesting. Right. Uh, but so yeah, that yeah, my biggest thing, and, and like I said, we'll we'll look forward at it as, of once they start putting pads back on. Right, uh, it's just gonna be quarterback, you know, and and just correct. But again, you know, we talk about things you worry about, but because Jimbo, we're good. You know, quarterback is certainly one of the positions where you really truly believe in his ability to develop a quarterback. And he, and he did show that. I mean, you had, you know, we went from having Kellen Mond being that scared freshman. Uh, you know, that first season kind of struggling in games to being the absolute leader and focal point of an offense that, you know, you know not, not flashy, but you know what? Efficient and got the job done. I don't, yeah, I don't need flashy. Um, no. I mean, flashy's cool. I'll take it. But right. 
Um, well, and, and what you saw this year, I think you saw a lot of it, and for everybody that really, truly watched all the snaps, first of all, Mon put up some completion percentage numbers, which were just absolutely through the roof in some games. Oh, you know, and, yeah. In a lot of games. Right. And then, on top of that, you, uh, you know, you, if you watch the games, you know that it, I, it wasn't an epidemic this year by any means, but uh, we had some dropsies, and we had no, some we games where we had lots of dropsies. So, yeah, um, especially some of the early games, yeah. The so, you know, you, you can go back and look at his numbers, be like, well, you know, they weren't good here or there. Well, yeah, but if you watch the game, you understand that they should have been a lot better, right? So, um, and again, like you said, early in the season, it's you know, that and, and again, it wasn't a problem that plagued us this year, though, it no. wasn't. So, it's you know, that's not, not any sort of knock on the receivers, it's just drops are going to happen. I mean, good lord, NFL receivers drop the ball sometimes. Oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, it just – so it, you, you're going to have to replace a lot of productivity out of Kellen Mond. And some of that right. productivity isn't in the numbers. It's that leadership. Well, but it's that, it, guy it's in the that experience. Yeah. It's just, you know, you've faced off against these defenses before. You know what you're doing. Haynes King is probably a very – I mean, there's no doubt about his ability. He's a very good quarterback. But he's going to have to rely on a lot of the senior leadership that will stick around – and, of course, the seniors that will be there that next year. Those guys are going to be critical. Right. And, and then we all, then basically we circle back to kind of what we were talking about with the culture and the program. And it's, you know, it's an embracing the young guys and bringing them into the fold and ensuring that, you know, you, know, you obviously have to, you know, watch your lane and stay in your lane and do everything right, you know, that, that you need to do. But at the same time, um, you know, your, your influence in those around you in the program is just as important. Right. So – yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I'm like they can't put pads back on fast enough as far as I'm concerned. But I'm about uh, to say, it's wild we're have to wait eight months. Yeah, you know, I mean, other than the spring game, I mean, it's just it's yeah. it's tough. I mean, you you look at previous seasons, you know, and this is just true of a fan base when you don't have. I mean, I won't call it you know a bad season by any means, but when you're finishing your season with seven wins. A even nine wins. Nine with a bowl, you're like yeah, yeah, nine with a bowl. You know, you're sitting here going, "Okay, cool football. We've got a little bit of hope for next year, especially if you win the bowl." Can't game. wait for spring ball to see what changes we make. Right, and, and but, we're all sitting here going, "Man, I can't wait for spring ball to see this thing keep rolling." Right, but at that point, most people will start. You know, they'll turn off their brain and move on to basketball, mm-hmm. and then you know, baseball here in, in in February. Fingers crossed. So you know, that's where we're at right now. It just feels like. We as a school are still on such a damn high from that football season, you know. It, you know, it wasn't super flashy, and of course, the fine folks at ESPN and everywhere else are going to continue to downplay what the season was. But anybody who has paid attention knows that this was a statement season for Texas A&M football. Well, and I, I'm at the point now. One, I'm just at overload, both with the ESPN crap and then everybody right. talking about it. Like I'm just kind of at overload with the ESPN thing. But you know what? Fine. Like I don't care. So right. all you got to do is go out and win, and, and they have to shut up. They won't have a choice. Right. So, and again, you know, you're not going to hear a lot of excuses out of these kids. They're mad, but you saw them turn quickly on a dime on Twitter. You know, within a couple hours of this, or they're like, "All right, we got an Orange Bowl to play. Let's go." And yeah. so, and they did it. And it, see, there wasn't, there wasn't that Georgia. Let down. There wasn't that yeah, Alabama all down let in their down. mouth, like boo boo yeah. lips. There, and, yeah. Or, you know, a key example this year, you didn't have a big Florida let down like they did against almost Oklahoma. Had, almost had another Georgia let down. Right, you know, and so those didn't happen for us because this program is different. These guys bought in and knew they were like, this is a big opportunity. You know, yeah, North Carolina, very good team. Maybe not the best team we could play in this situation, but they're, they're, you know, they're who we have. And we have, you know, we got to cover a spread of, 
seven and a half, eight and a half you points. Who's in front of you. Yeah, you go and you play to the team in front of you, and you beat them convincingly. Yeah, and it's you know it, it, it really what we have. And we're going to keep going back to this a million times anytime we're talking about football. You don't. Sure. It, it's not that you know we've got a program full of a lot of really you know high level talent players. We have a team program. This program works as a team. They work for each other. And I think as long as you can continue that, and where that stems from is, is coaching. It's not just the head coach. Right. You know, you've got some assistants that were retained that never worked under Jimbo, or even right. if they had it, it was a long time ago. Um, you know, And they bought in, too. So it's yeah. buy-in at the highest level, and it's buy-in at the lowest level. And when you can get that whole program change, you see what we're seeing now. Right. A great win you know, in the Orange Bowl. A, a solid season. And, and not only that... But, I mean, a solid season in conference-only play. Yeah. So, it's you know, there's a lot to look forward to. And you you saw so much next man up. You know, you saw you know, when Spiller yep. got dinged up, A-Chain came in and did his job. When Chapman went when, down. When Chapman went down, he did his job. When Chase Lane did his job. I mean, every player that had to fill in on a position, and that's something that nobody talked about coming into the game. They were so worried about opt-outs from North Carolina, but they weren't accounting for all the injuries and preseason opt-outs and a bunch of things that we were missing as a team. Texas A&M has just shown the nation that you know we have at least the grit and the thought process that we are going to move in the right direction and find a way, and that's why it's important. Yeah. Well... So that's kind of putting a bow on the football season for us. I it know there's is. one more game, but I whatever. I'm not going to talk about it. <laughs> but roll tide. Um, it is basketball <laughs> season, so I really hope you know it was weird seeing Duke the women uh, Duke women's team opted out of the rest of the season. Yeah. So there's still some stuff odd. going on around uh, with all this crap. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how how basketball gets through, and if they make it to March Madness, and if they do, how March Madness is conducted, and all this other stuff, and. I love March Madness for the gambling. Uh, I'm not the biggest college basketball fan in the world, but I'll watch a lot of it, especially I watch Aggie basketball and I watch March Madness. I don't watch much else. Uh, I, I'm just not a huge basketball fan, which is weird. I've played it for years. But, um, but yeah, so Aggie women are up to eighth in the nation. Um, seventh in the coaches. So, okay, yeah, seventh in the AP, I believe. Um, and then uh, Aggie men – Look like they're maybe trying to get it together a little bit, and it's and what's funny is it's not like they have a ton of losses. It's just, you know, it's it's this difference in seeing you know how they were, you know, how they are in their wins against how they are in their losses. Right. So, so that'll, you know, follow 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 Buzz's team. You know, it's going to be interesting. And the thing about basketball is if he can get it rolling a little bit, basketball is uh, recruits automatically change the program kind of sport. Always. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you're seeing it with um, Kentucky right now. Mm-hmm. You know, you, they, for whatever reason, this year, just Kentucky's just not the same team it has been. They just couldn't pull in the players. And Kentucky's no. a one-and-done factory, and they still couldn't do it. So, right. it's going to be interesting. Um, we'll do, when we get closer, we're going to do uh, a baseball preview, and I think I can get uh, Kendall Rogers to come on the podcast. So, sure, um, that'd be awesome. So, yeah, we'll get Kendall on. We've got, I'm, I've got some guests that I've been lining up. Uh, we're also going to bring in um, uh, Gray Robertson. Uh, Robertson, he's a... Uh, uh, he does um, the radio for Alabama softball. Cool. I got to meet him when they came into town, and he, they have a blog as well. It's called Out of the Box, right? Um, which I, I love. Uh, I love that, uh, or not blog, a podcast. Um, and so we're going to bring him on and, and maybe do a little SEC preview for softball as well. Yeah. So that kind of stuff that's way down the pipeline, but um, but yeah, I mean, out, outside all that, uh, it's, I mean, hockey started up. You know, hockey right. pra- hockey practice has started, and that's you know that's a. 
I, I love hockey, and I'm excited for the stars. I mean, hockey's going on, EPL's cruising along. So, um, anyway, uh, one thing I thought was really interesting was, you know, we recently had ourselves a big um, Tamu follow train kickoff. Oh, yes. And um, <clears throat> I, I felt the need to hop in the Twitter and say, you know what, this is probably a good opportunity to get some new folks on here. If, and, if just for one lesson and they shut us down again. You know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, we do apologize that this was not quite what you were hoping for, but, you know, we're not, we're not off the ball all the time. Uh, I will say, so we did put out a little post and wanted to see uh, some of your suggestions, uh, questions, things you might have for us. So I uh, want to go down the list here with a few different people. You want to start with one? Uh, well, yeah, actually, I want to start with iDoc, uh, start with iDoc Mike. Um, Mike, right. Mike Reyes. Uh, <clears throat> he asked, the extra year for seniors um, who want it versus bringing up the young talent. Like, how would y'all handle it you right. know, with the guys? Because we, and we talked about it a little bit. A little bit. But how we would handle it. I tell you what, it's tough, man. Uh, you basically, what you've done is you've extended your recruiting into your program even more so than you already have to. Right. So, you know, you're still recruiting out in high school. You know, you got class of 22, class of 23. I mean, you're already looking at class of 24 guys. and <clears throat> But you have to do a little bit of recruiting inside your program as well. You know, just, and it's, man, that's, that's tough because you have to deal with the rotation. These guys, if they're coming back, and not that we have, you know, they're not coming back at hordes or anything. Sure. But, you know, when this guy comes back, you've got the guy behind him going, you know, damn it. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see. You know, in certain key positions, I think mainly I'm looking at the lines more than anything. Well, and if it's if it's on defensive line, I, I think that's a lot easier to handle than offensive line because right. you, like, you want to rotate on the defensive line. You know, you want those guys fresh anyways. All the time. On the offensive line is where you're going to find a problem is because, one, you know, you really don't want to rotate on the offensive no, line. because you, you need consistency. You want, yeah, you want the continuity of these guys playing together. Right. The more snap they have together as a unit, the better off they'll be. So, it, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see how that gets played. But I, I think, you know, it, I mean, I, again, you're going to hear me say it a million times. It, a lot of this comes back to culture. And when you're talking about, um, you know, keeping these guys in the program, make them understand, like, hey, if you don't like it, I, I mean – I understand, but right. then just work harder and beat him out. You know, because that's all this is about anyways. It's not like you got recruited and you thought that they'd never recruit anybody after you. Like, you know, and as soon as you showed up, you, you'd break into the depth chart. Right. You know, this is just how it goes. You're at the next level, and if you want to get better, then you got to beat out the dude ahead of you. Right. So, I, I think... I mean, if I were a head coach, I would just have to handle it in the sense that, man, I know I've got to start recruiting these guys kind of again right. to, to keep them in the program because you recruited them because they're good athletes and you want them there. Now you got to keep them there. Right, exactly. So it'll be interesting to see what happens um, on that front. And like I said, we don't, I don't, we're not going to deal with a ton of it. And I don't, no. I don't think you'll see a ton of it at, at bigger programs because at bigger programs, the, you know, the good talent – and for the most part, is going to head out. I mean, you saw it yeah. at Clemson a couple of years ago when the defensive right. line guys were like, "Hey, let's take it back for one more ride." And they were all NFL guys, and sure. And so you might see a little bit of that here and there. I think Jaden Peavy's an NFL guy, right? Uh, but he's coming back, which is huge. Yeah, it's massive. And to think that Leal's only a sophomore, so you know he's coming back, right? So the defensive line again is just it's it's only going to get stronger, which is and and again, I know you went in the trenches. But you really win it by dominating on the defensive line. That that front seven and being able to 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 neutralize a running attack right. and make any team in the SEC one dimensional. Right. Uh, it, it's just well any team period, but especially in the SEC where you know teams even though the the you know the offenses have gotten real high flying, a lot of scoring. You know you see you got Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith and, and Michi out in Alabama, but you know what they also have Najee Harris. Yeah, and they run the ball and they run the ball and they run the ball, and that's why you see guys like Devontae and Michi and 
Waddle get wide open. Oh, exactly. and frightening. Waddle might be back for the championship. Which I think is incredible. So, you know, go, go get him. But, all right, um, let's go to another one. Yeah, that's all right. So, uh, hey, Jonna, um, explain why you haven't been on the podcast yet. Um, sorry. <laughs> You're welcome anytime. Just, uh, womp, womp. Next yeah, question. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Uh, Ryan Taylor. Uh, Cuddy Stark to Texas. Cuddy Stark to Texas. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what's... I don't think it's the worst hire in the world if you were a smaller program than Texas. Right. I, I He's just... He's already shown... Like, he's already been a head coach. And he's been a head coach at two... Big pretty, programs. Two, one really big program, and right. the other one not exactly small in USC and Washington. And his best season was 9-4. and four. Right. And that was at USC, and USC's always got the dogs. You know, right. USC can still recruit. Oh, no doubt. So I, I'm a massive fan of the hire. I think it's great so they can just keep meddling around eight wins. Right. It's I, I love the hire as an Aggie. And so right. if, 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 you're, you know, if, if you're a Texas fan and I love it, then you should probably be concerned. You know, and someone made a really good point, and I'm going to go ahead and reiterate it because I thought it was really funny. Hiring him over the fact that you already had Herman is like is like passing Chili's to, to go to Applebee's. Applebee's. Yeah, I mean, I it's that. absolutely correct. I mean, I just don't feel like Texas. Like my whole deal, in you know, like I said, it's been talked about by several guys who do podcasts. But whenever it comes down to hiring a coach, especially at a major program. You don't hire somebody unless they are a clear and obvious upgrade, and I don't. I don't see it. I don't see it. I mean, yeah, he has great offensive numbers, but he's already proven as a head coach that he's just he doesn't have that it factor. Bro, how many people couldn't put up good offensive numbers with the talent at Alabama? Oh yeah, you know what I'm saying. No, and that's so what he's doing right now isn't wildly impressive. The biggest problem is like if I if I were sip. I'd be let down because starting way back with the whole Urban Meyer thing. And right. it's gone all downhill from there. And you were like, Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer. And then there was like, oh, well, we're playing it. And, you know, he's going to play it until after the bowl game. Or and then it was after the playoffs. And then he just flat out, no. And he's not coming. And then you go from Urban Meyer to Steve Sarkisian. Which, you like, know. Bleh. I mean, good coach. He's a good coach. He's just not going to take Texas where they want it. No, where they want to go. He's not going to win the Big 12 consistently for you. He's not going to make you a playoff contender. No. That's the problem, and, and that's and those are the goals. Those are the only goals: win the conference, win the championship. That's right. it. So, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I, I love her. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I, I don't have any problems. It's, it's with just it. such a bleh, you right. know. I would have preferred Herman stay around for another year, just to keep that little dumpster fire rolling. But that's neither here nor there. Right. Uh, okay, on a okay uh, le- reptilian humanoid. Um, um, hi, John. Um, who is better? Godzilla or King Kong? I think this one's pretty obvious to me. Well, I mean, if you go by the old, like the old black and white movies, King Kong is the winner. If you go by the, like the old school, like the original movies, sure, King Kong is by far the superior specimen. Sure, but if we're talking about like Pacific Rim Godzilla, like bro, I mean, the dude. I mean, like I don't know. Excuse my ignorance on this because I'm I'm not really into. Into you know all the giants. Those are yeah, well, those are literally like the two that I've seen. Right, but yeah, you know, like, but I'm not really into those. But like Godzilla can like breathe like this crazy fire, whatever you want to call it, plasma, 
But it's well, just like I feel like he would toast. Well, he's got King a, Kong. well he's got attack range when right. you think about it, and the only thing that, it, regardless of how big King Kong may be, he's just a monkey, and so the only thing he can throw is his own poop. Well, and so. not to mention <laughs> the biggest factor here: Godzilla is a water creature. That dude can go anywhere in yeah. the damn world, and King Kong's gonna drown. Yeah, I, I don't see how I don't see how King Kong. I mean, I mean, literally, I, and I know he's big and strong, but I, I mean, at what range does the does the the big you know handful of poop become non-lethal. Right. So you really got to be in there close. I, I, yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's Godzilla. It's got to be Godzilla. Um, and then, it's like uh, the nerdiest I've been <laughs> in like three years. Yeah. And I'm sure we can touch on a little bit more of that in the future. Feel free to continue to send us nerdy matchups. I'm all down for that. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, I will go. talk out of my ass about things I oh, don't sh- know. Oh, yeah, exactly. And you knew I was going uh, You knew I was going off the rails when I referenced the old black and white Right, news. exactly. Uh, why La Liga is better than Premier League? I'm not addressing that. No. And I get why you want to talk about, you know, they dominate and all the champions and all this other crap. Like, I get it. Look, La Liga's phenomenal. They're, um, they're top-heavy. It's a top-heavy league. It's, it's well, yeah. It's it's more top-heavy than the Premier League. Absolutely. Sure. So, so yeah. I, I, would, I would take a mid-table... Premier League team I'll, over I'll, mid or mid table anybody else. I'll tell you this about every league outside of Premier League. Hey, well, kind of Bundesliga, yeah, but any Bundesliga of the other is, leagues, yeah. kind of Bundesliga, but all the other leagues. Well, I'll tell you what, what they try to avoid a little bit more so, so it does make it more watchable, wow. is the, oh my God, he's been shot fouls. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a ton of flopping in the Premier League, and if they would just start calling it, I think a lot more, I, I think you'd get a lot more people, you know, outside of, of, of England watching Premier League. It's, I mean, you know, Americans grow up watching football, you know, right. and, and we grow up watching baseball where dudes will intentionally throw at guys. Right. Um, and, and, it's part of the game and, in a lot of ways. But, and so, well, and, and, and the falling and the diving to try to try and get a foul, it is part of the game, but I wish they'd police it a little bit. And, right. and not just in the box for penalties. I'm talking about everywhere. Right. Every time anybody sneezes on, on Grealish, he literally looks like he's been <laughs> shot with a 50 cal. Right. It's like, come on. Chill out. Yeah, why don't you, yeah. Well, I, I guess I just kind of ruined that question. Like, if anybody would ask me what Premier League or Premier League footballer I'd slap with no repercussions, he'd be at the top of the list. There you go. Well, then that that might be a good question to ask us in the future for sure. Uh, yeah, like you got my answer. Yeah, dude, exactly. <laughs> uh, so, man, I tell you what. Yeah, so feel free to continue to send us questions. Well, John we had like two. That. John had two. If you're wanting cheesy, talk about New Year's resolution. So we t- we talked a little bit about football. Kind yeah, of football, our, football. Like yeah. our hopes that will be their resolutions, kind of thing. Right. Um, uh, like personally, I don't really make resolutions. I don't. I don't. Um, and I understand, like, new year, fresh start, new calendar, blah, blah, blah. But, right. man, if you need to change something in your life, like, you shouldn't be waiting until January 1st. Yeah, just do it. Um, and especially, like we said, we've had so much time where a lot of people have just been at home right. with your ability to do a lot of things. And so, man, if you want to make yourself better, like, just do it. You know, you don't right. – don't, I mean, if, if you need a nudge, like a New Year's resolution to do it, then right on. I'm glad, I'm glad it came around. But, um, I mean, I just I, – I don't do resolutions. I really don't. Um, right. You know, when something's jacked up, I just try and fix it. I'm, I'm, I'm much more on the spot, less of a planner kind of guy. Right. And that's probably what it is, too. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a planner. I don't plan things out. I just kind of do. Right. <laughs> I, just, I just do oh, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I just do stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, maybe that's my resolution to start planning more. Mm-hmm. But, but I know I won't follow it. So that's the other catch. I don't make, I don't make resolutions because, you know, I, I've tried it before, and there are these phenomenal resolutions. I'm like, dude, uh, I'm going to learn to play guitar this year. Right. Bullshit. That never happened. <laughs> I've got the guitar, I've got two books, and a DVD, and I'll tell you what, 
Smoke on the water is still the only thing you're getting out. Of. Hey man, give me a give me a holler. I'll teach you chords. No, see, you don't want to. I'm telling you, it's like it's. I, it won't matter. I won't practice. I'll, I'll make it real easy. I'll teach you three chords, and then I'm gonna give you a capo, and then you can do it in any key you want. I just, I just, <laughs> I, just I just want to be able to play guitar. I just don't want to put in the work to learn. That's all there is to it. So like, I'll, I'll give mine. So my resolution is to stop thinking I'm ever gonna play guitar. Right. There you, that's there my you resolution. Go. Right. There you give go. up on the dream. That's my resolution. Right. Get, 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 give up on your dreams. <laughs> I would say probably for me, uh, I would say I've been going to the gym more anyway, but I just kind of keeping a consistent schedule with it. There you go. You know, just saying, hey, you know, you're going to be going, you know, do this Monday, Wednesday, Friday, do this Tuesday, Thursday. Keeping yourself accountable. Yeah, yeah, keeping yourself accountable. And, you know, I set alerts on my phone, and it screams at me whenever I don't. And so mm-hmm. and so that's the important part. You know, I might still miss a day here and there, but I've been working towards that. And then I would say probably secondly and just more importantly, um, just from a – Money making standpoint, um, you know, obviously with work, make more of it. Make more of it. <laughs> but I would say, um, uh, you know, just from a musician standpoint, I think just continuing to practice and get better with bass because I mean I have improved significantly from where I was a year ago, and I'm still a long way from where I want to be. Now I know I'm never going to be a flea. I'm never going to be a Jacko Pistorius. I'm never going to be a James Jamerson. But what I will, what I can be is more than sufficient to play any show in Bryan College Station or Texas or anywhere anywhere nearby. Yeah. And so that's, you know, where someone can give me a holler and they know me online and say, oh, yeah, that's Rob. He plays bass. He's the guy you want to talk to. Yeah. You know, I want to be that guy. Honing your craft. Honing your craft, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, that, that's, a real, that's a real broad way to put it, but that's, right. that's a great resolution for everybody, no matter, no matter what you do. Right. Yeah, whatever you do, get better at it, right? Right. It's just, for me, I, I don't know, I've always been kind of like, yeah, resolutions are hokey to me. It's kind of like Valentine's Day. It's like a right. hallmark thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play the drums this year. And, right. But like I was doing it last year, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just more. gonna keep doing it. I'm right. Maybe do it some more. But, um, yeah, man, I don't. Yeah, I don't really do resolutions. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a stick in the mud. I don't know. Well, you'll, you'll get something figured out. It'll be fun. Good You'll year. know my resolution is to not have resolutions. You've right. figured this out. Well, and to not play guitar. <laughs> and, so, yeah. and to not play yeah. guitar. All right, so here in about 15 minutes, you got a basketball game to go to. I do. I get to go to the a Consolidated uh, Girls Basketball. My daughter's on the team, but unfortunately we found out today. I shared her ankle uh, like a week ago, and we finally got her into the doctor, and she has torn ligaments, so it looks like she'll be out for the season. Right. Um, that sucks. I've been there. I've done it in both ankles multiple times, so I've, I've, you know, I'm trying to. Trying to tell her, like, I can feel your pain, kiddo. And, mm-hmm. and she keeps being, and she's stubborn. She's kind of stubborn like I am, so that doesn't right. help. So she wants to keep doing things that she shouldn't be doing. Right. Uh, I need her to, to rest and, and do what the doctors say. So, but, um, but yeah, so I got to head out. But, uh, man, I, I really appreciate it. And, again, you know, every week we'll put something out maybe on, like, Saturday or Sunday. And you guys, if you guys you know, have any questions or, or want us to talk about a, a certain topic or, or mm-hmm. any questions of us personally or want us to tell stories, shit, I don't know. Right. So, uh, but yeah, um, yeah. With this, and this is about how long we normally go forty-five minutes to an hour. Yeah, it gets a little bit longer, you know, in season because we're breaking out a lot of games and stuff. Right. But um, and we'll see how it looks whenever we start having guests on and just kind of what the schedule will look like. But yeah, I'll tell you right now, guest podcasts uh, can 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 get a little long because I just I'll let them talk as long as they want to talk and right. you know. So, um, but yeah, so uh, I'll be looking for the, for the guests. I've got. Um, I've kind of got to just figure out when we can get them on. Yeah, they're uh, right. they're excited to do it. So um, just yeah. kind of and the softball, obviously, we'll do it a little bit closer. Softball, right? Um, we may get. Uh, uh, I've got some contacts. We may get somebody to come in here and maybe give us a little quick 15, 20 minute blurb about uh, give us like kind of a 
um, just a preseason breakdown of the stars. Uh, I know some. Uh, so right. I know some people that want. Well, well, I know a lot of people that love to do it. Oh, sure. So, um, <laughs> right. So, uh, but yeah. But again, you know, if you guys have any topics, you know, please, you know, feel free to float them our way. We just, I mean, we don't wing it, but it's close. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's close to winging it. Yeah, we have fun. When right? football ends, we're like everybody else. We just kind of looking around the room, like, all right, Shit, now what? What do we do now? <laughs> so, all right, well, yeah, guys. Uh, so be sure if you are following along with us. You know, we are now on Apple. We are on Spotify. We are on YouTube. YouTube. Feel free to check us out on any and all avenues. It's Tuesday, isn't it? It's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Old Lake, yeah. But we're more than happy to keep on rolling. Uh, Our schedule may be a little more sporadic than it's been where we've been pretty consistent during the week. Uh, But, you know, anytime we're ready to get going, we'll be sure to kick some stuff out to you. And feel free to give us a holler, and we'll be happy to do some stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We uh, we'll talk. I'll, I'll talk about anything. I'll talk all night. I don't give a damn. Yeah, we love it all. So, so hey guys, we love y'all. Keep uh, staying. Keep staying safe. Uh, I wish y'all all the best in this new year. And uh, I mean, we'll talk to you again. This you know, <laughs> we'll talk to you in a week. But you know, I, I hope that your new year's already off to to a great start. Yeah, we'll catch you guys. Take care. Uh, thanks, Jacob. Yeah, Jacob.